The opinions of Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman don't reflect the views of Gal Media. Parental discretion is advised. KFNC Mont Bellevue, Houston, a Gal Media station. My friends are degenerates, but I never change them. Liars, cheats, and hypocrites, not the time for saving. You are listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we are back on The Blitz. Hour number two, 713-780. ESPN's your number, 713-780-3776. You can also get us on The Blitz Facebook page. Find The Blitz. Look like Twitter at Fred Fowler, F-A-O-U-R, at the underscore Jermaine, at Juggalo underscore Trey 48, T-R-E-Y. Not like the tray of food you bring. As uh, Juggy Trey fills in today for Aaron, Jermaine Every fills in for A.J. Hoffman. And uh, if you missed the first hour, a lot of football talk, a little basketball talk mixed in. And then what game is Cal McNair playing talk? And Lamont says, I'm imagining Cal McNair playing video games online the way some of the kids would be talking to him. Oh, boy. You imagine that? Ooh. He'd get roasted. Could, but what would you imagine Cal would say back? He'd be like, shut up. My mom, my dad's not going to die. See, now okay, now, fun. come on. Yeah, that's yeah, that that's uh, inappropriate, <laughs> sir. Trey, my goodness gracious. I was channeling my inner AJ there, sorry. Yeah, that, that, no. He'd be sitting there going, please stop being mean to me. He'd probably say something like, I'm rich. I don't care. Uh, he, he does. You know what? I, as as someone who drinks a lot, every time I see him, he looks like he's half a bottle in. Yeah, he's kind of got that. Though it's it's the 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 funny looking eyes. Like he has fat around his eyes, where he always looks like kind of you know kind of sloshed a little bit. Cause you know how like your eyes get a little droopy or whatever. He always has that look on his face. He always has like that stupid smirk too, that drunk smirk. Because you know when you if you're a happy drunk, you you have that stupid smirk on your face. Because you're feeling good, you're tipsy, you know, you're not quite over the top yet, but you're you're at that point where you're like, I'm feeling really good right now. And you have that little smirk. Cal permanently has the droopy, drunk, smirk look on his face. At least every time I've seen him in public. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, not there's anything wrong with that. No, mm-hmm. no judgment. And uh, H-Town said, Fred, put the hat on. What? Every, every day somebody's on here bitching because I'm wearing a hat, and now you're bitching because I'm not. Get it together, guys. Come on. Decided to uh, actually had a meeting where I had to dress decently today. So, you know, didn't wear a baseball cap. Important business stuff. You got to look somewhat professional. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, but anyway, see, this is what's funny. Another reason why you should have had a Doc Linville read, because I was going to say, like, you got the hair implants or transfer, whatever the hell. Then I just neograft. 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 It's not. Yeah. 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 And I get it right. Freshly shaved my head yesterday. So it's been great to have a Doc Linville read right here. Shout out to Doc Linville. Um, 281 says, making fun of Cal. Really? David Gal should fire all three of you right now. Really? Um, You're you're upset because we're making fun of Cal McNair? You You know how much Cal McNair cares about 
us making fun of him. Was that from Cal McNair himself? Uh, no. Probably Jack Easterby's burner. Yeah, because I'm, well, first off, I don't think Cal could have typed it that fast. It would have been like yeah. making. That's kind of funny. Yeah. That's the hill they want to die on, Cal McNair. After half yeah. the other stuff y'all have talked about. No, you know what? That's fine. You go and uh, uh, wear your McNair jersey. Wear your C McNair jersey because he ain't no Bob McNair. No, his name's D D Cal McNair. So, so go and uh, and buy your jersey and go to the games and be all excited. Texter, yo, Adrian thinks he's playing Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, stop, Ben! His fingers are not too big to text. That's just mean. Playing Frogger, <laughs> I could see Frogger. Yeah, definitely Frogger. Cal would definitely be playing Frogger. <laughs> you know, you know, you know what Cal is playing on the video. Cal is playing the video game version of Monopoly. They have that. Yeah, yeah. You could play it on computer. Mm. I didn't. I did not know that. Yeah, I, I wanted to buy it for my PS4. <laughs> it's really fun. This is Hannah. You guys are being very rude. <laughs> well played, texture. Well played. Uh, I don't think she cares. No, I think you know what. I think she's a smart one, uh, which is why she came to the defense of of Jesus Easterby and got mad. At, got on Instagram or whatever it was. I, I don't, I think she's probably the brains of the operation and you know, so I could see her not being happy, I came but, to I, that, but I don't think she's heard anything on this show today. That's in I, that. She didn't know herself already. Exactly. I came to that conclusion when they were uh, helping out after the freeze and the news people are standing there and they're interviewing them. And she was doing all of the, t- like Cal maybe said like 10, 12 words. She was doing all of the talking. And the way she came across to me is someone who took a public speaking class and knew exactly what to do, what to say, and how to say it, and how to come across, and how to present herself. And Cal does not project any of that at all. Like, he just is like, you know, the big doofus son of a billionaire who got lucky. That's what he projects. But, yeah, that, that, really, that really drove that point home to me. I was like, yeah, she's the smart one here. But um, I think you guys were on with – Jerome or someone was talking about on the station that it's Mama McNair's the one who's really like infatuated with. Well, I, I think that was Jerome saying that, and you know, I've I've been trying to you know talk to some people over there, but shocker, a lot of people who uh, used to tell me things don't like me anymore because I've said so many bad things about their organization. But I have talked to a couple people, and I haven't been able to confirm that. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised because if you think about it, Cal isn't smart enough to see. Easterby's potential or whatever he can do. He's dumb enough to get swindled by him. But I could see Mama McNair being infatuated with him, especially, you know, after the passing of, you know, Bob and all of that. And apparently he's really good at that kind of stuff, at helping people through difficult times and tragic times. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I, I don't think, as much as I like to make fun of him, I don't think any, it's nearly as bad as what it's become publicly with him. Because, frankly... You know how it is, especially with the internet. You, when when a dog gets his teeth on your leg, he ain't letting go, and that's that's how Twitter and that's how Houston fan is with Jack Easterby. I don't think it's nearly as bad as we think it is, but it's bad enough. The perception out there, and pub in the court of public opinion, perception is everything. Oh yeah, and the perception is out there that he's the one pulling the strings behind the scenes, and he's the one that's potentially you know torpedoed their franchise that they love so much. So that's why there is that source of anger with everybody because it's just a perception of who he is and what he's done. 
And well, but that's why he's on the, on the Casario scale. He's a zero. Ooh. Yeah, he, he's done nothing to get any points, and he's only done things to to chase people off. Now, do I think he's the worst person in the world? No. Do I do I do I like to make fun of one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish? Absolutely. <laughs> now, not that we should ever, you know, take somebody's worst stand up and judge them on that. But that's all Shout I have. Shout out to the fish. <laughs> yeah. That's funny right there. Yeah. So, yes, am I going to make fun of that? Absolutely. But I, I, I don't think, yeah, I don't think he's a full-on devil. But he's done enough now where Texans fan thinks he's the devil. And it's on now it's on Nick Casario to try to make things right and make things better. And so far, okay. I've always thought about this, and I've never said it wrote about it or anything like that but wouldn't it just be poetic justice that casario ends up getting easterby fired well if he does if he does his rating would go way up i mean i gotta tell you two and a half not good right now i i think whacking easterby worth at least three points that would make him an above average gm right away here's the thing o'brien comes in he brings in easterby to kind of help him take more control over the team. Easterby sees the writing on a wall. He gets O'Brien whacked. Allegedly. Supposedly, this is what we're all in knowledge of. Easterby sees the GM potential that he may get whacked. He gets Casario hired. He's now feels like Casario is indebted to him. Casario is trying to make moves, trying to do things. Easterby is kind of blocking him. Casario goes around Easterby and shows them like, hey, I was trying to do this. Jack decided to do this. I was trying to list his reasons. You know, we need to get rid of this guy and gets rid of Easterby. That would just be poetic justice. Yeah, except why would why would anybody believe him? They all believe in, in Jack. In Jack, they trust. I mean, who's going to get rid of him? The guy's essentially the owner now. Pretty much. He's got his hand up Cal's back, and he's making Cal talk. I love Jack. Easter B. So he, he's Blue the one that fish. Ha. That's funny right there. Brought a tear to my eye. <laughs> no, but I just think that it would just be poetic justice simply because of the, the perception of Easter B and what he's done to the franchise and whatnot. Um, I just hope that he doesn't hamstring Casario from making the type of moves that he needs to make in order to improve this franchise. Uh, that's why I hope he did everything on a Sunday when Jack wasn't around. So I'm pretty sure that's why. Because I'm pretty sure he came in and said, uh, do, do we know where these guys stand when it comes to the fish? Are they, they going to shout out to the fish? They better shout out to the fish. Did it bring a tear to your eye? As long as it brought a tear One to your fish, eye. Two fish, red fish, blue fish. That's funny right there. Gosh, that guy is so easy to make fun of. And, I, the, the, he, and he's weird looking. Oh, he is. He uh, is so creepy looking. He, he looks, well, I mean, let's face it. I'm not a fan of evangelicals because mostly, mostly they're about money. Um, you know, I, I, and to me, it's an insult to, you know, your, your local pastors and people like that who are out there taking care of their community and doing things in their community and being a family for the people in their churches. Uh, to me, these guys like, like that are, they're, they're insults. I mean, I, I don't like guys who use religion to get money and get rich. And this guy just smacks of Kenneth Copeland. Kenneth Oof. Copeland running the Texans. That's that's what it smacks of. And maybe I'm way off on that. And if so, I'll apologize, but only to Hannah McNair. Um, hmm. 
But yeah. Yeah, I it's it's such a <laughs> You saw the Twitch. No, somebody said Jack looks like Voldemort with a nose. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> okay, that's text of the day. Yep. That is text of the day so far. Shut her down. <laughs> Done deal. Yeah, that's a winner. <laughs> Done deal. That's funny right there. Yeah, now that is funny. That's mm-hmm. legit funny. Now somebody on the Twitch channel earlier says, Do you think Cal has ice cream truck music playing in his head all day? Ooh. I think so. I think that and uh oh gosh, what was the other song? I can't remember the other song, but yeah, that one. Um Deacon Leak on the Twitch, he says, So Easter B is that bad friend that tells your girlfriend you deserve better than that. He is definitely that guy. Be a lot they'd be like you know you deserve better. No, Easterby. <laughs> Easterby is that guy. Oh, okay. I said Cal was. No, 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 no. He said Easterby is that guy who tells your girl that. Yeah. I could definitely see him being that friend. Oh, for sure. 100%. Uh, quick break. It is the Blitz on ESPN 97.5, 92.5. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. You are listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on the Blitz, and you had a you had a Twitter message you were responding to, and I told you to wait until it was on air because Twitter's on air and Twitch. Yeah, is, is, brother Bear, it was about an hour ago, but I'm just realizing it. He says revisionist history. If Breeze had chosen the Dolphins over the Saints, would Saban still be Saban? Um, rearrange that, brother Bear. If Saban had chosen Breeze over Culpepper, would he still be Saban? Because it wasn't a choice of who Breeze wants to go to; it was a choice of who the Dolphins wanted to sign. They chose Culpepper. Naturally, the Saints chose Breeze, and the rest is history. Uh, do I think that Saban would still be Saban? Mm, no, not at all. I think to some le- way lesser extent, he would have still been mildly successful at the NFL level if he had Drew Breeze. But I don't think he would be who he is and what we perceive him as today as perhaps the greatest college football coach in history. I'm, I'm guessing he would have had just enough success to stay in the NFL. And so maybe he doesn't go back, you know, not right. And, and maybe he does after three or four years and he's not going to win as many as he has just because he wouldn't have the opportunity, but yeah, the other- listen, he's where he needs to be. He's, he's one of the all time great college coaches. He was a lousy pro coach and he should be where he is. Yeah. The, the thing is with, with that whole thing, I think his ceiling would have been Pete Carroll level type of success with the Seahawks, not with the Patriots and Jets, but that level of success. But, what most people don't realize is, is they translate in, in revisionist history. Breeze would have done the same thing in Miami, but you got to give Sean Payton a lot of credit for some of that success as well, because he was the offensive mind that put everything together. So that's, you, you, they go hand in hand. Saban is the type of guy that likes to ground and pound, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, you know, big guys on the front seven on defense, you know, um, and kind of play that ground and pound, you know, three, four yards in a cloud of dust type of game. Now, he's recently opened things up with his offense and kind of took the reins off the last, you know, five, maybe eight years or so. 
uh, simply because that's the way the college game is going. And he knew if he wanted to be more successful, he couldn't have any more of those 9-6 games like he had against LSU that year. Yeah, well, it's really been the last two years that they've completely opened it up and realized that, hey, this is, a, this is the way we got to play, and we've got better athletes than everybody else, and if we do that, we should, we should win. And that's why last year they were so good. Uh, 49 says, Jack looks like the green alien from the Flintstones if that guy took off his helmet and bleached himself. <laughs> Go back and find that. Uh, Coy asking, what's uh, the Nick scale looking like after this weekend? He's at 2.5. He is at 2.5 right now. So, you know, congratulations. That's, that's a big jump up. It, it still means you're halfway away from being average. But, again, you, you earn points by what you do, and so far, so good. And I kind of want to uh, – hopefully we can get Lance in here because I'd like to hear what he has to say about some of these. Yo, Adrian on Twitter says the uh, he also has the Benny Hill music. Cal has the Benny Hill music playing in his head. Ooh. That's a good one. That's a really good one. And Dustin says uh, Cal was playing Mario Kart. Yeah, I was getting a lot of Mario Kart on the text line. It's just look at the flowers, Cal. Look at the flowers. Oh my God. 713 780 ESP Andrew number. 713 780 3776. And uh, by the way, we wanted to get into some tournament odds real quick before uh, we switch it back to football. Shoot. Zags are two to one. Of course. Illinois is your second choice at five to one. Really? Uh, I, I think the last couple of weeks that's flipped. Baylor, six to one. Michigan, eight to one. Houston sixteen to one. Interesting. Iowa twenty to one. You can have that one. Here's the one that I'm I'm intrigued by. Alabama at twenty to one. You know, I was thinking about that too, because Alabama is one of those teams when they're 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 a three point shooting heavy team. When they're on, they're on, and those guys play pretty good defense as well. So they're one of those teams that they'll swing it to the open guy, and they got at least three, sometimes four shooters on the on the floor at the same time. So they play that kind of almost small ball kind of brand of ball very well. Um, what was that Illinois odds on Illinois again? Five to one. I would definitely take that because with Dosumu coming back and him playing well and Coburn is just lights out on the inside. I love the way he played against Garza the other day. So I really think that those, those are really good odds. I, I'd put something on, on, on both of those teams. Well, and Illinois has been really the hottest team not named Gonzaga over this last few weeks here. Pretty much. And, and if you if you really do believe that the Big Ten is as good as – and that's, this is always the question. I mean, I think the teams at the top of the Big Ten are really good, but I also think because they cannibalize each other so much, maybe, maybe the teams that are beating them aren't as good. And it's the same thing with SEC football, right? We just always assume that all these teams are good because, oh, gosh, Florida beat – this team that beat this team that beat this team. That's the only concern I have with them is what if the Big Ten wasn't the monster that we thought it was? Mm-hmm. It's just they all played each other and took turns beating each other. Um, I don't know, man. The Big Ten was really, really good this year. They had a lot of quality teams and a lot of like star power type of players there in the Big Ten. Uh, what were the odds on Texas? 20 to 1. Mm. It's not enough for me. I, I, I would place a bet on them at about 35 i just don't trust texas enough so they i mean they raheel had tweeted this out the other day watching kai jones blossom has been awesome and he's a 
almost a Christian Wood type of guy. You know, long, lanky, 6'11", can step out and shoot the three. And uh, could put on the floor a little bit, pretty decent. Not anything spectacular to write home about, but he's that type of kind of stretch four kind of guy. Um, Jones has been playing really good. And the other day, Campbell was actually the one who led him in score. I want to say he ended up with 30. So that team is okay if they, again, you need to just win six games to win a title. You win four, you get to the final four. So you go on a four-game winning streak, you get hot. Who knows? And especially this year with the Rona, anything's on the table. Anything. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know that anything's on the table. I, I think that you've got you've got a couple of teams that are better than everybody else. Doesn't mean they're going to win. Uh, I, I do like the side of the bracket Texas is in, but I like Alabama better in that side. So uh, I don't hate Oklahoma State at forty to one. That would uh, that, that might get a little dollar or two from me. And uh, here's my hopeless, hopeless long shot: Oregon eighty to one. Oh Lord, I don't know about that one, Fred. That, that's a that's a little bit too long of a shot for me. But I mean, eighty to one, there's you no can't such, beat those odds. There's no such thing as too long. All right, uh, I don't know if they could handle Garza's size that next round if they get past VCU. Who does Oregon have that could we could say okay they could defend Garza and, and take him on? I think they uh, for one thing. If you draw a line through that loss to Oregon State in the Pac-12 tournament, they've been really good over the last couple. Of weeks. You, you, that is true. True. I, I will, I'll give you that one, but I don't know. I just I've, I'd feel more comfortable if they had somebody that I felt like could actually defend. But at the same time, if Garza gets into foul trouble and he's not on the floor to destroy them on the inside, there's your pathway to a win. Um, Bernardo asked the Texans signed a defensive tackle. Does this give Nick a point? Nope, that doesn't get him a point. He's he's okay. He he picked up a point yesterday. He has not picked up anything for today yet. But it's early. And uh Lamont says has to be the most players the Texans have signed in one season. Do you guys believe all these new acquisitions will make the team? I, I think what they're doing is a lot of one year deals, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh bring in some veterans who can uh, improve your roster and maybe one or two of them pans out that you keep them next year. But you know, this, they have a lot of holes and I mean, so far they've probably improved defensive tackle. They probably, I won't say they've improved defensive end because you still have to count JJ Watt as a subtraction. Now I, I think he's on, you know, the sun's getting real low there, but mm-hmm. I, I still, he was still better than anything they have. And Lawson is not JJ. He'll be okay. Now he may be what JJ is going to be this year. I don't know. But so far, I mean, I think they're incrementally better, but very, not much. I mean, there's still, you got to do something in that secondary. I mean, that's, that's a real problem. And I'm not talking about signing a safety from new England. Uh, you, you've got to, you've got to do something with cornerbacks. They they have to because that corner position is just ugh. I mean, when you look at it, if Bradley Roby is your number one corner, and Vernon Hargraves is your number two, that that's trouble, and then that scares the hell out of me for that secondary. You better pray that that front seven, that especially that front four, 
get some pressure on the quarterback. But then who are you relying on to get that pressure on the quarterback? Shaq Lawson, Charles Aminahue. Like, these aren't guys that are known to be, like, great pass rushers. No, and certainly not Whitney Merciless. I mean, and unless we find out the guy was just hurt last year because he was he was such a zero, especially over the second half of the season, and I, I don't know what you do with him at this point. Um, Raiders and uh, Yannick Ngakwe reportedly closing in on a deal. I knew the Raiders were going to go out and sign somebody. Yeah, because when they drafted Clillan Farrell, want to say sixth overall last year, year before last, he hasn't exactly produced much. You know, he he wasn't that that standout to me. He he looked good in college, and he looked like somebody who could be has some potential at the NFL level. But he didn't really have anything to me that jumped off the film or watching the game footage and says, "Oh yeah, this guy's it." You know, he's a you know top five, top ten draft pick in in the NFL draft next year. There were some measurables and things like that that I, that I think people liked in certain traits, but I I I didn't see where I saw like that okay, he's worth definitely worth this top five or whatever pick. Another signing for your Texans, uh, guard Justin McCray, two-year, $4 million deal. Spent last season with the Falcons, appeared in 10 games with a pair of starts. 2019, he was with the Browns. 2017-18 with the Packers, where he started 13 games. He played under Houston offensive line coach James Campen in Green Bay and Cleveland. So a depth inside guy. I guess that's your Calamite replacement. Yeah, they needed somebody like that. And these deals, like you said, are all one-year to two-year deals, but they're low-money, low-budget type of deals. They aren't, like, ball-busting type of deals. Somebody asked, if, if the Nick re-signed Fuller, does his rating go up or down? Depends on the deal. If it's, like, one-year prove-it deal, I'll give him a point. If he signs him to a multi-year big deal, that's, like, negative three. If he'll take him back to – well, he just takes him back to zero. What if he gives him, hypothetically speaking – Three-year deal, team option for two and three. One that first year is basically like twelve million. So it's like a one-year twelve million-dollar deal, team option for the second and third year. Mm. If you did something like that, it's probably a wash. Probably no points, but you don't lose points. How's that? Not bad. All right, quick break. It is the Blitz on ESPN 97.5-92.5. Listening to the Blitz on ESPN 97.5 and on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and AJ Hoffman. And we're back on the Blitz. It must be the luck of the Irish because at Black Bear Diner, we're celebrating St. Patrick's Day all week long. From March 17th to March 21st, guests can order limited time offerings, including the Irish Benedict, Reuben sandwich, and corned beef and cabbage, plus the entire month of March. Black Bear Diner is also featuring a new dessert, a mint cream and chocolate cookie pie for five ninety nine. dollars uh, Caller 5 at 538 at 713-780-3776 wins a $25 gift card to try these St. Patrick's Day specials at a Black Bear location near you. Or Sepsials, as it says here. So I never get to make fun of those anymore because they're... In the old days, we'd get those, and they'd have misspellings all over them, and you know they're they're never wrong now. So, you know, I have to, I, I got to make fun of it while I can. <laughs> you know, I've always wondered, would anybody like uh, uh, anchorman it? Like if they like if you planted something in there on purpose? 
Oh, I've I've come real close to doing that a few times, yeah, or cuz I'll just read the thing and all of a sudden it's like whoops. Yeah, there was a, one time on the national Bleep you, San Diego. <laughs> there was one time on the national side we were supposed to read something uh blurb or Riley Parts auto something like that and uh I think Craig Koshkin was doing it and then one time I was doing it and we had written something down on the paper and I I almost did it and came close because I was writing notes on the page and I'm looking down and I'm reading and I'm just like, and, and I paused, like I had like a blank, like two second pause. And then I finished reading it. I caught myself, but it was, you know, awkward pauses on radio. It doesn't sound good. Yeah. Most of these things I go ahead and read now ahead of time and don't just blindly do it. Although, like I said, now that, that Courtney's doing them, I don't have to worry about them, but there's some in the past where I'd be reading them and going like, Oh, holy bleep. I didn't just say that. Did I? I was just reading it. <laughs> so, yeah. But um, looking at the – you were saying before about the draft. What do they do with those picks? Let's say hypothetically they do the trade with Miami and they get the 3 and 18, 2 or whatever, whatever. And a team like Philly wants to move up to get ahead of Atlanta to draft a quarterback. You take six and whatever else Philly's offering – you could still get a Jamar Chase potentially at six and pick up picks. Yeah, if you could do that, that well, I, I wouldn't mind that because it doesn't have to be him. I mean, there's to me, there's three really good receivers in this draft that all three have huge potential. Mm-hmm. You get one of those guys and trade down them all for it and then use the rest of your picks on defense. Yeah, because if you look at some of the mock drafts that are out there, everybody's thinking that it's going to be quarterback heavy in those first, you know, one, two, three, four, like four, five, six picks, seven picks. Everybody's thinking it's going to be quarterback heavy. Like the first, you know, three or four quarterbacks are going to be gone by no later than Denver at nine. So, I mean, it's 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 going to be an interesting draft. And without having a combine this year, it's going to make it even more difficult than what we, what we went through last year. Well, what they went through well, last year. Well, and, and even a guy like Chase, who I think very highly of, didn't play last year. You got to go back to two years ago when he was part of a – an offense that with all NFL players and a number one overall quarterback. So um, someone says uh, the only problem with getting a, a buttload of picks for Deshaun is that he's proven and the picks aren't Casario doesn't have uh, the ability to take control of drafting and they allow Tweedledee and his handler to run the show. There's a good chance that even first round picks would be potentially worthless. What is their hit rate on picks really? Well, and that's why I'm saying if you're the saints stop calling, if you're somebody who doesn't have a top five pick, don't bother because, because the hit rate's a lot higher there and you, and you have a proven commodity with the pick. And yeah, Deshaun is proven, but you were four and 12 with him last year. I mean, how much worse are you going to be? And I, I like the idea of starting from scratch. I like the idea of having a quarterback on a, on a rookie deal with team control and having a bunch of young players uh, on team control. And I, I don't really want the guy back now. I mean, I, I don't. I never blamed him, and I still don't blame him for telling the organization that they're full of bleep and he doesn't want to be here. But I also think he's handled it very poorly, and he's been very immature about it. That's not the guy I want leading my team in the future. No, and the other thing is, is I've talked about this with some friends before. When you're the franchise quarterback, the face of the franchise, the one who everybody looks to, and this is how you behave in the offseason. How can you come back into that locker room and command those guys' respect? 
I mean, part of it, you know, guys are going to give you the respect because you're a professional football player and, you know, you were trying to do what's best for you and it wasn't about, you know, him trashing them per se. But it's like, you know, dude, look at the way you handled your business. Like, there has to be some conversations that are going to have to be had, I think, in order for him to kind of get back into their good graces and, you know, for them to follow him willingly. Yeah, I, I, I think that that ship has sailed. I, I think you move him, you get as much as you can for him, and let him be somebody else's problem because that's kind of what he's become. Yeah, it would be great if they could go ahead and move him now, absorb that cap hit with that dead space, and just get what get the best deal that you can before the draft because you see what you have in front of you with this draft, and there's potential there for you to land some good picks. The future picks, of course, crapshoot. Nobody right. knows, but at least we know in this draft where teams are picking it, who's out there, and who's available. And there are guys in this draft that could definitely help the Texans team out. Um, my thought process was with that early pick, let's like, just keep using your trade example with Miami to get into a back, for example. You get a wide receiver with that first pick. Then with that second pick at 18, you go for a guy like um, the corner out of Alabama. Uh, gosh, I can't remember his name. But yeah, you, yeah, Sertan. Or you look at the other corner out of uh, Florida State, Asante Samuelson. You know, there's guys that can come in that you can pick with those picks this year that fill holes that can actually help this team out. Um, I wouldn't mind a Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith on this team either if you can't get a Jamar Chase because those other two guys, like you said, there's three really good receivers at the top end of this draft that are going to go pretty high, probably top ten. Um, and still getting questions about could the Saints packages? No, just – Stop, Saints fan. You're you're not you don't have anything to offer look to get Deshaun. I'm a Saints fan. Born and raised there. Like I the only reason why I didn't wear my Saints gear today is because every time I come up here it seems like I'm wearing Saints gear. And it's not on purpose, it's just I have a lot of Saints shirts in my closet. The Saints don't have nothing to offer anybody as far as draft capital is concerned. So get that through your head first. They're picking twenty eighth. 28th in the draft, not second, not third, not sixth, not, not eighth, 28th. Okay. So unless you're willing to give up Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Cam Jordan, perhaps somebody of that ilk of that caliber, just shut up about it. It's not going to happen. It's a pipe dream. Those are rumors that other people start because it's cool to talk about. They want hits and they want clicks on their website. They want you to view their videos. So they throw this kind of speculation out there. Russell Wilson said he would like to go there. Yeah, I would like to be a millionaire, but we don't always get what we want, do we? So just shut up about it. It's time to deaden that talk because you have to live in reality, people. They don't have enough, and you're not going to part with some of your key players in order to bring back somebody like a Russell Wilson because now you're depleting your team in order to get a franchise quarterback, and you're stuck back at square one where he is in Seattle where he has a really good team, just doesn't have all quite the pieces that he wants around him on offense. Um, another former Patriot signing for the Texans, uh, special teams guy, uh, Camus Greer Hill, one year contract, three point two five linebacker, uh, special teams. So yeah, I saw that earlier. It's n- nothing is a shake, rattle, roll, move the needle type of move, but they're all moves that you need because you need depth. You need guys on this roster. You need guys that are cheap. Guys that are on one-year deals, so all that cap space comes off at the end of the year, and you can go into the following offseason with your full complement of draft picks and some decent cap space. That would be great. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, I, these are all moves that kind of make sense. 
I, I still need to see more, though. I need to see something in the secondary, and, and you do need to show me something at wide receiver, too. But, again, if, it, if you're not going to have Deshaun, I don't think wide receiver matters that much. 713-780-ESPN is your number, 713-780-3776. And, and, you know, I know, like, everybody's out there, like Russell Wilson, too. It's like, well, here's how the 49ers could get Russell Wilson. Do you really think Seattle would trade him to the 49ers? I mean, it, it, it's it's just to get fan bases riled up and interested. And you know what? The Saints just lost a franchise quarterback. And... And it, obviously, they want to get somebody else, and that sounds great until you actually look at it and say, "There's no way in hell." And Nathan asked, "Are the Texans making power moves?" No, they're making they're making small moves. They're making they're winning small pots at the poker table right now, and you need to do that. But I haven't I haven't seen the move yet where I go, "Wow, that was pretty damn good." I've seen a lot of, "Okay, that makes sense." Okay, that makes sense. You win enough small pots, and it puts you in a position to bet big when you got a good hand to go after a bigger pot. All right. Quick break. It's the Blitz on ESPN 97.5. You are listening to the Blitz. On ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we are back on the Blitz. So, uh, need to tell you guys about uh, Bracket Madness. It's that time again. ESPN 97.5's third annual Bracket Madness. Presented by Bud Light Seltzer Lemonade. Supported by Seaforce Water. And Dr. Linville with Hair Specialist Houston will be giving prizes to 97 and a half winners, 97.5. Yep, the .5 winner is the penultimate winner, second to last in the whole bracket. And did we mention this is all free? Prizes include gift cards to Quick Quack Car Wash, Pitch 25, Heights Beer Garden, Holman Draft Hall, and much more. Head to ESPN975.com to register now. It's Bracket Madness presented by Bud Light Seltzer Lemonade, Bubbly Bold, packed with lemonade flavor. There you have it. Um, all right, let's do a Zadok Jewelers Gem of the Day. The Gem of the Day. It's the Gem of the Day. The Zadok Jeweler Gem of the Day. All right, so uh, a friend of mine sent me this. It is a, uh, for, for the gem, I had something else, but actually I had several good ones today, but I love this one. A uh, woman in Pennsylvania is facing charges of cyber harassment of a child after local prosecutors said she sent out photos and videos of teen rivals on her daughter's cheerleading team that were doctored to show them naked, drinking, and smoking. What? (laughs) Yes. Yes. You know, this is getting into that territory with that Texas cheerleader mom. Remember oh, yeah. that story back yeah, in the day? Yeah, that's way back in the day. Uh, Man, that's crazy. You know, I and I don't understand. Well, I, I mean, I, I say that. I mean, I see how parents act all the time when it comes to stuff like sports and cheerleading. You know, some guys around here even get kicked out for by umpires. Mm-hmm. So, 
but I don't think he'd go so far as to send out pictures of the cheerleaders doing all this stuff doctored in order to make them look bad. Yeah, it's, you know, the things that people will go, the links that people will go through to help their kids or please their kids or, you know, shine up their kids, whatever it is, it's just, it's getting ridiculous these days. Like you, you hear about this kind of stuff, you know, pretty frequently, actually. Uh, you even see where kids are in fights and then their parents are jumping in and stuff like that. Like it, it's, I'm, honestly, I'm not surprised. Not wise, guys. The action itself, like the to doctor pictures, that's the part that's getting me. It's not the fact that she did something. It's like you doctored pictures. Like that's 50-year-old Rafaela Spone is facing misdemeanor charges of cyber harassment uh, for allegedly sending the images to her daughter's teammates and their coaches. Uh, the charges reportedly stem from doctored images and videos, uh, also known as deep fakes, which I always thought that was where you pump fake downfield and didn't throw it there. Um, prosecutors said police were able to trace the number to a website that sells numbers to telemarketers. From there, they were reportedly able to track down an IP address that you, you used in Spone's home and later uncovered evidence on her phone. Um, the coaches of the cheerleading team, Victory Vipers, said in a statement that they had been cooperating with local police. Uh, Victory Vipers has always promoted a family environment. And we are sorry for all individuals involved. We have very well-established policies and a very strict anti-bullying policy in our program. Victory Vipers. Yeah, the the name sounds so close to Rafael Stone. That's uh, exactly what I was thinking. I had to, like, listen carefully. Wait, what? <laughs> I mean, it could be Spony. It's S-P-O-N-E. I've never seen that name before. Uh, so she could be Spone. Could be spon- Spony. Spony. Sponay. Uh, she doesn't look like a Sponay. She looks like uh, somebody out of uh, Florida Trailer Park. She kind of ah. looks like, uh, what's her face? The uh, comedian Amy Schumer a little bit in the mugshot. You know, wh- wh- when are we going to get to the point where parents are going to like start to act a little bit more respectable? No, it's never happening. I mean, it's not happening in any any place in society anymore. True. We we become a bunch of um become a bunch of scumbags. I mean, that's 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 what the world is now. And and I used to think like, you know what, 95% of the people out there are great and 5% suck. They're just really loud. Starting to wonder if the nice people aren't the, aren't 95%. Starting to think we're about 12%. Um <laughs> 12% nice or 12% jerks? 12% nice. Oof, man. You, I, I'm losing faith in humanity. I, I, that that took a turn quickly. Like I, I, was I know. Thinking, it, it's been turning for a while now. I would say it's probably about a 60-40 split. 60% nice, 40% jerks. And that majority has been, well, that minority has been growing by leaps and bounds. And I think we've gotten to the point now where there's so many of them, even though they're still the minority, that it's just so loud. And the overwhelming majority are just so quiet that it makes it seem like it's a lot higher than what it really is. Yeah, I'm I'm just losing absolute faith in humanity. I, I it, Just one thing after another where I'm like, really? 
this, I, I, I can't believe there's this many scumbags in the world. And you know who I blame? And People who lean their seat back. No, no, I'm not going to get into that today. But Xavier on Twitter said, Easterby looks like the vampire on Salem's Lot. That's who I blame. Since Jack Easterby has come into this city and taken over the football team, it's caused all kinds of evil. We've had, well, I guess Harvey was a little before his time. Yeah. But that, that was... uh. That was the precursor. And then we get the Rona. And then we get the freeze. And we get DeAndre Hopkins traded. And now you get Deshaun Watson wanting to leave. And J.J. Watt asked for J.J. Watt gone. The Rockets are horrible. And, uh, yeah, they're not even worth mentioning anymore. Exactly. They're, they've become... I mean, look, I'm, I'm okay with that. I knew when they, they traded Harden, they were going to have to totally hit the reset button and they were going to suck. So, Yeah. Screw You've it. Got to trust the process at this point with the Rockets because it's it's a lost cause. There's no redeemable qualities that this team has, and that rumor out there today about the potential Victor Oladipo for Aaron Gordon trade, I, I really don't like it. And I keep going back and forth with this with a friend of mine. Every time we talk about, it, I was like, no, they need to keep Oladipo, let his salary come off the books, and that way they got some salary to go out and spend on a free agent that they may want to see. Which I want to say this upcoming NBA free agency class isn't all that great. But at the same time, when you're in a position to rebuild, you don't want to take on another contract that's going to last you two more years. You want to take on expiring contracts to free up money to have people who want to come and play here. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. It's it's freeing up money is all fine and dandy if there's somebody that's worth signing for that. And you know, I, I most teams have been able to flip contracts, even. You know, some of the ones that the Rockets have been able to trade, I didn't think were tradable. So, I you know, right now it's just it's you know let them let them do what they can to to rebuild this thing, and just this year's a wash, and you know we'll see you next year. Uh, Rain Man says, "Damn, Fred used to be the optimistic one. I, I I'm still optimistic. I just I, I I'm I'm going through a phase where I'm really frustrated with the people right now, and yeah, it's just there's just so much." That I, I mean, I, I think I need to just take a week off from Twitter and not look at anything, and maybe maybe I'll come back around. I've literally I've had two different friends that have done the exact same thing. Like they took a, a social media Twitter hiatus for a week, two weeks, three weeks at a time, and they come back feeling more refreshed. And one of the things we always talked about was like you know blocking and or muting certain you know, people, subjects and stuff like that. Like that's huge. Both of them said the same thing. That was huge for them because that way they kind of filter what they see. So they don't get, you know, riled up or baited into these debates or feel, you know, compelled to comment and whatnot. I think it's a good idea, but with what we do, it's kind of hard to do that. Well, yeah. I mean, I have I actually have sponsors that I have to live up to on Twitter. Right. So I can't really do it. I can just not read anybody's comments. I think what you ought to do is mute certain keywords or whatever. That way it'll filter out what tweets you see. Yeah, I just, I don't want to see any more damn, no more po- political stuff at all. Yeah, but a couple things from the Twitch. Astro Ag, do you think Easterby told Mike Fires to come clean for the Lord? Eh, you could see that. I bet Easterby won't open up NRG if we have another flood. I'm sure he won't. <laughs> and I also bet that he could blow the Rona away like Kenneth Copeland did.
All right, quick break. One more hour to go. It's the Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And you know you are a sweet little lovemaker.